Hey, Tenet, are you still trying to figure out what this whole Renfree thing is all about? Well, if you're a fan of the Andres Segovia show, Paige, you would have had this answer for you in a presentation a few weeks ago. But if you missed out on it, fret not, because the presentation is being replayed here. This is the Andres Segovia show. Welcome to my first video that's going on my Facebook, not my YouTube. And in this one, I got to be talking about something that's, I think it's near and dear everybody because they got to face it no matter what. And that is this, Reddit. Um, there's a lot of information that's gone out there and I'm specifically going to be talking about two segments of Los Angeles to clarify things. And as of the time this is going up, it's a day before the mayor of Los Angeles is going to announce whether or not lockdowns will be extended or there'll be easing of the lockdown restrictions and people can get back to work. From what I gather in my interactions with those in Los Angeles are that people want to get back to work. They, they, they need to get back out there because they're concerned about the payments they have to make, not just for rentals, but for everything else. And also because they got to, they got to get food. Um, they got to supply the needs that they, they have for the home. And a lot of these people that are in Los Angeles that I know, not saying the mass population, but that I know, don't just finance themselves. They supply funds to help their family that's out of state and sometimes even out of the country. So it's not just a simple thing. Of, uh, is it just, um, is it just to get out there to uh, not care about uh, others? Look, Opening up during this time of lockdown, we need uh, measured returns and results for reopening and measures for reopening the, the economy. It's not just like, okay, back to normal. No, there, there might not ever be a normal in the sense that we know it before this whole COVID mess. But what I can tell you and speak about is what is happening when it comes to the government's involvement from the state from the federal, state, and local levels to address this. The federal level isn't as big of a deal here in California. It's more at the state and local levels, especially the local levels. And there's, there's even the county. So the county has some kind of levels that I'm going to be talking about in this uh, video. But first off and foremost, there's this confusion about what the rental moratoriums meant. Because we're now officially into the... Uh, I guess one month into the moratorium because there was April rents. Some came, some went, but May is when some people started implementing the whole rent strike thing. And then there's June coming around. So if tomorrow the mayor is going to announce, if it's to be believed that the, uh, the county board of supervisors that met with the health department of Los Angeles discussed the possibility of extending the lockdowns to August 1st, that means this is going to be an even more big of a deal because some people are absolutely confused as to what this means. I agree with Ben Shapiro um, from the dailywire.com and the, the Ben Shapiro show when he made the comment about not allowing people to get back to work. It's trying to convince you, the Angelino, if you're an Angelino, not to pay the rent. As if that's a good thing. So let me bring this back up for you to see because this is my, a little bit of a presentation. I needed to provide these notes for you to see. Rent freeze does not equal rent forgiveness. This is a big, a big deal. Some people think that, oh, I don't have to pay the rent. Therefore, I don't have to worry about the rent. Look, when the lockdown finally ends, that's when the ticket or the timer starts again as to what 
a landlord can take action on. I'm going to go over what the restrictions are during this moratorium to explain this. But before we get into anything, because you're going to be reinforced as I present, rent freeze does not equal rent forgiveness. I am not going to talk about what the tenant activists are out there trying to do and get and what they want when they're uh, presenting to the legislator in the state of California that just returned to session this week. That's a whole other thing for another time, and I addressed that in my show, actually. So I recommend you go to my show. At the, it's not going to appear here on Facebook. It's going to be on my website, www.theandrewsagova.com, possibly exclusively there when I sound off on it more. But when it comes to this, about the rent freeze not being rent forgiveness, it means that if you didn't pay April, and you didn't pay May, and let's say the economy reopens for, Jan, uh, for June, that means those two months, you got to get ready to pay back. Have you spoken to the landlord? Has the landlord trying to speak to you about that? In fact, I'm, I'm assuming I'm addressing both. I'm talking to both tenants and landlords because you both need to be aware of this, what your options and your rights are during this time. Because I got I to gotta be straight up with you. Almost all the provisions that have been put in place during this lockdown have been in favor of the tenants. But and, and because it's it's believed that it's only favoring the tenants, they missed out on what they are not covered in. And this is one of them. There is no rent forgiveness. That is something you talk about with your landlord, as I'll explain in a bit. Tenants are still obligated to pay lawfully charged rent. And depending on where you are, I'm speaking to you, Angelinos, but there's the city of Los Angeles, then there's the unincorporated area of Los Angeles, which is also known as L.A. County. But L.A. County encompasses a lot. We're talking about Santa Monica. That's L.A. County. We're talking about Burbank, Hollywood, all the way up to Woodland Hills, all the way as far east as East Los Angeles. You know, that's uh, some areas not incorporated. Um, Hacienda Heights, San Gabriel Valley, all the way as south of San Pedro. That's all Los Angeles. And depending on where you are, you might have up to 12 months to pay back the rent. This is found in expiration of the local emergency measures, but it depends on the local ordinance. Some places only say six months. So let's say you are behind two months worth of rent. You got to plan out with your landlord and landlord, you talk to your tenants that you haven't done so already. How is that going to be recovered? Landlords and tenants, and that's where I highlight here, may mutually work out a payment schedule or arrangements for repayment of rent. This is not something that's handled by the local or the, or the county or even the state. This is handled between what is between the tenant and the landlord. So I hope both of you are cooperating during this time because the last thing I want is for any of you to be involved in legal action against one another because you guys weren't communicating. That's kind of the point where I'm making this video. This is to inform you about what really is all this stuff that's been talked about in the media because the media has not been doing any favors for anyone. They've been just giving misinformation or what I call uninformation. So by all means, please be aware of this, that you are still obligated to pay the lawfully charged rent. So if you're one of those high-income earners that choose to rent but don't want to pay the rent, you're going to be in legal trouble, especially because you have no way to prove that you were suffering because of COVID, you're well off, your due diligence is to be paying that rent, just as it is the landlord's due diligence to be paying the mortgage if they're able to. I know some, some uh, homeowners have looked into forbearance. Some of them backed out of it and tried to make their payments because they don't have a choice. They don't like what forbearance is. They don't have something like this where the tenants can rework something. 
where it doesn't affect so much the tenant's credit and stuff like that. Whereas in the, in the landlord's case, the mortgages they have to pay, those are way more restrictive about what they can do and they're penalized immediately. So it's some of them have backed off it. Some other ones like, I have no choice. I got to do it. You don't have a choice. You don't have a choice. Do the forbearance and see what the bank can work out with you. It's just that there's certain uh, mechanisms that are in place that are meant to protect both, but most of them we talk about the rental side of things. Landlords cannot and should not bully tenants into using stimulus checks towards rent. Look, I, I've heard the complaints. I even heard it from tenants, not mine, but other tenants. And this was early on in the lockdown. It's like, oh, you're going to get a stimulus check, tenant. Oh, make sure you're paying your rent first before you distribute it. That is the approach, landlord, that I'm talking about as to what can go horribly wrong. Because you're supposed to communicate with your tenants. You're not supposed to be bullying them and say, you have some money, give it to me first. You know how stupid and bad that makes you look? It makes you look just as bad as that landlord, God knows where, that was making nationwide news because this one landlord tried to exchange sexual favors with a tenant just to get, uh, like to, to pass the month's rent. Come on, for real? And when you hear these, uh, these stories, it gives all landlords a bad name. Just like a bad tenant gives all tenants a bad name. It goes both ways. So please communicate. Understand there's hardships. Don't wait on your tenants to contact you, landlords. Make sure you're the one contacting them, not telling them, you better make sure you pay me first. You approach that, you already started off on the wrong foot. You are not going to get them to mutually work with you to get a payment schedule of sorts. In fact, if they got one year to pay it back, what if they're not even your tenant? What if they get up and leave during that one year? If the lease expires or whatever? No, you're SOL. I know that you have your, those concerns. So I don't know. A lot of tenants have really thought about that. But then did you help push them away? And that's the way of getting back at you. And tenants, if you've been a problem tenant and you're not the one answering the phone, you're not the one responding to the landlord, you're still going to be in a world of hurt too. The landlords can still go after you, even though it's not an eviction anymore, which I'll get to in a bit. But anyway, communication is very key, and how you communicate is even more important. Whether it's a phone call, or a letter, or whatever, but the point is, don't be bullying the tenants, landlords. Please don't bully them. And secondly, because, and I bring this up, before I get to the secondly, I bring this up because the two areas I'm going to be talking about in, in this video are rent stabilization areas and the unincorporated part areas, which technically is still under restabilization ordinance of its own in the county, but the strictest form is the one in LA. So I'll be going over that as quickly as possible through this, but this is about a 30 minute presentation that I want to get through. So look at it this way. I bring up the don't bully part because LA that's rent stabilized passed another restriction against landlords because landlords are bullying tenants. This is what happens if you don't communicate properly. So please do it right. All right, first up, we're going to talk about the Los Angeles um, rent stabilization ordinance or the areas that are controlled by the Los Angeles RSO. And the rental protections are like this, that on March 23rd, the mayor, in this case, Garcetti, had issued a temporary moratorium on evictions for non-payment of rent for tenants who are unable to pay rent due to circumstances related to the COVID-19 pandemic. And effective March 31st, this ordinance expands protections for tenants during the local emergency in response to COVID-19. Okay, that's what it's officially done. So we're about two months into that. 
what this means for those in that are that are live under the jurisdiction of the well, the mandate of the ordinance the city council because this is rent freeze okay it refers to rent increases on occupied rental units that are subject to the RSL rent stabilization ordinance no rent increase that has that became effective on or after March 30th is allowed unless it is approved by the housing community investment department rent increases cannot be imposed until one year after the emergency declaration is lifted so we might have the lockdown restrictions lifted tomorrow but that doesn't mean the emergency period is declared over so what if it's not declared over into say june that means one year later you'll be able to uh, impose the rent increase so it's a moving goalpost we don't know what that's going to be like and rent increases are not retroactive and do not accumulate during the one-year period so this is something to keep in mind for both of you landlords and tenants if you're not able to pay your rent during the safe at home emergency order city of la has tenant protections in place and to assist tenants collaborate with their landlords the department of community investment uh department that's redundant housing community uh, investment department is providing a fact sheet and i'm going to leave a link to that uh, i think i could fit into the description here if not it'll be a post on its own on this facebook page there is a letter and uh, um, I had it to, to read, but in the interest of time, I'm not going to read over it. But I did post that before on one of my episodes at www.dangerousagova.com. So if you're able to pull that one up, then you can. And I'll reference that here too. But that will take you to the links. And it's in multiple different languages about the fact sheet. And what's very important too, that it provides a sample notification form. So it's a two-page thing. The first one is, what are the protections? And secondly, the second part of that page, or the second page, is a notification form that assists you, the tenant, in notifying your landlord of the delays in paying your rent during this emergency period. And that's what you should be able to do, what you should be doing, your due diligence to let them know. Because technically speaking, you have to notify your landlord at least seven days before your rent is due that you have a COVID-19 hardship for why you can't pay all the rent or you can't pay the rent. That's at the very minimum, even if you're just doing verbally, at the very minimum. This form goes even further to explain where you can fill in, like officially, the document, not just for the landlord, but also for yourself, because the documentation is important. Verbal agreements don't hold up much in the court of law when there's documentation that will just debunk it entirely, okay? It's not a he said, a he said she said. So this this form is, is important. I actually distributed it among uh, several of my tenants that are on the RSO area, and none of, no one has needed to uh, use it yet, but those that did inform before this form was available, we've already made notations on it and put it in the file. So at least they're covered, we're covered, we understand if there's any hardships there. But this website link is where you can find it in multiple different languages, uh, and I mean more than two, not just English, Spanish, also Tagalog, Korean, Chinese in there, and I think two different Chinese ones. So there's more than that available on this link. So it's very important. And if landlords, you've already made your own form to provide for them, way to go, because I did that first before I saw this was available. Either way, this is not even available for, it's not for those that are not uh, in LA, so I had to make up a form of my own. Ugh. My voice cracked there. Okay, uh, summary of the protections in place for the residential tenancies. I'll go over these as quickly as I can. Let me just uh, wet my whistle a little bit. Oh boy, here we go. <clears throat> Sorry, went down the wrong pipe. Uh, not the COVID, folks. <clears throat> okay, number one, no owner 
can evict a residential tenant for non-payment of rent if the tenant is unable to pay rent due to circumstances related to COVID-19. That's the general premise, folks. If you can't pay it due to COVID-19, that's where the protections fall in place. But what are those things? Loss of incomes due to workplace closure or reduced hours due to the virus. Loss of income or increased childcare expenditures due to the school closures. If you're at home stuck, you take care of the kid because there's no daycare that's open for you or you can't drop them off, drop them off in school and therefore you can't go to work because you can't find a babysitter to come over in, in the first place because they got to stay at home too. That's also a hardship. Healthcare expenditures stemming from taking care of somebody that's infected or affected, whether it's a tenant or a family member, that's also considered that. And reasonable expenditures stemming from the government ordering you to stay home, that is all in play here if it affects your ability to pay. So that's considered a COVID-19 case for not being able to pay rent. Here's the big one though. Tenants are still obligated to pay lawfully charged rent and that comes directly from the website of the Los Angeles Housing Community Investment Department. So that's what I mean. Just because the rent freeze doesn't mean it's a rent forgiveness or a rental waiver. That's a discussion that you need to have with your landlord if if that's something they'll, they'll even consider. All right, next. <clears throat> uh, the more provisions, uh, the protections of the resident, resident tenancies include no property owner shall exercise a no-fault eviction during the local emergency period. No-fault eviction means those not based on alleged fault of the tenant. <clears throat> so this one hurts us landlords, uh, and that's rightfully so, because it says no-fault evictions but it's not just no-fault evictions. It's actually a blanket thing. It was also passed by the Judicial Council of California. Um, it's, so, that, uh, so it applies from the extreme measure. If you have a tenant that's not cooperating, you can't evict them. And when it comes to no-fault, it means like if you, landlord, have a family member and needs a place to live, technically you can't evict them at this time to make space for the family member uh, to, to, go, to go in. That's considered a no-fault eviction. You can't do that. So... You can't do it during this time. Uh, that's pretty straight up there. Uh, but I'm clarifying even more that evictions entirely because of judicial counsel, um, they mandated it in early April, I think it was April 6th. That goes almost for all the evictions. There's a big exception, which I'll get to. Three, no property owner may withdraw an occupied rental unit from the rental housing market under the Ellis Act. Uh, it refers to if you're offering a rental unit um, and that's occupied, let me rephrase. You cannot withdraw an occupied residential unit from the rental housing market. I hope that makes sense. LSAC. I think I need clarification on this even more. So let us make sure I got that one right. LSAC. The LSAC is a state law that allows landlords to evict tenants in rent control units if they are planning to go out of business. That's what I thought. So what that means is, I know this is ridiculous. If you as a landlord are losing your business, you can't evict them. How does that make sense? I don't know. It doesn't. I think that's pretty stupid. That's what I mean, that the protections are all in favor of the the tenants here, not for the landlords. This is me expressing it, that it makes no sense. Because what is the landlord supposed to do? There's nothing. They're not collecting any rent and they're losing the building. How do they recover the losses? They're losing everything. They're not getting any assistance from the government. Anyway, landlord may not evict tenants due to the presence of unauthorized occupants, pets, or nuisance related to COVID-19. 
related to COVID-19. That means you can't just bring your family member over. It's like, hey, just stay with me. Don't worry about it. I don't pay rent. Ha, ha, ha. No, if they're there, just be, first of all, they're gathering illegally. So you already lost that battle. Secondly, it's not related to COVID-19. You're not protected. You can still be evicted. Number five, landlords may not charge interest or late fees on unpaid rent due to COVID-19. So let's say the two months, right? You couldn't pay the rent. You cannot charge late fees or interest on that rent that's, that wasn't paid. Just clarifying that for some people because they think that they could. Uh, no, you can't. <clears throat> uh, let's see. I think the next one is LA County. So this was just the, the resident, well, resident rental stabilized ordinance of Los Angeles City. When it comes to the county itself, which is this one. That's the Los Angeles County Consumer Business Affairs. They issued their own moratorium on March 19th. Um, it's an executive order. Yes, uh, the, it was retroactive all the way to March 4th. And it's extended all the way to May 31st. So this is not LA City anymore. LA is looking to possibly lift it tomorrow. LA County, all the way to the end of May. Unless it's extended. It's, we don't know. Okay. So here, the temporary rent freeze, again, does not mean rental forgiveness. It's a temporary rent freeze on rent-stabilized units in the unincorporated areas of LA County in response to the current crisis. This means rent may not be increased during the moratorium for units that meet the following criteria. One, it is in the unincorporated area of Los Angeles County. Two, it's a property with two or more units. Three, has a certificate of occupancy issued before February 2nd, 1995. The expansion of the temporary moratorium, there was an expansion done uh, April 14th that expanded to include mobile home parks who rent space to mobile home owners. Uh, uh, countywide, unless those areas have already adopted their own moratorium. Okay, next. <clears throat> this is the update to the rent assistance program. And this is kind of applies to both LA City and both county. I didn't just, I didn't post the one for LA City though because of uh, certain things. Um, Excuse me. I made a little burp. Okay, so uh, they, uh, the LA County Board of Supervisors voted unanimously to support a plan to create a rent assistance program which would provide monetary assistance for LA County renters. This relief is for struggling renters in LA County without placing an undue burden on landlords. Why, thank you. This rent assistance will not need to be paid back and will be funded by the Federal CARES Act. But here's the kicker. Currently, and this is as of yesterday when I put this together, no funds have been released. So I don't really know what that means. Uh, is it coming or is it not? It's been a month since this program was agreed upon to be created. That's why the same thing happened with LA. They say they are supposedly providing something. I think they launched that project for like a day and then they just took it away because they failed to launch. So both LA City and LA County are trying to offer some kind of support for renters to be able to pay their rent so to help landlords. But unfortunately, that help isn't coming. But in case you are interested to contact the Los Angeles County Department of Consumer and Business Affairs, that's what this is for. Um, I put their phone number online at rents.lacounty.gov, their email, and direct messaging across the different socials like Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, which is at LA County DCBA. And you can reach out to them regarding the rent assistance program to see if that is still available. Now, I think I just reiterate some of my slides here because I have to make notices. Those are my resources. But again, 
Uh, landlords cannot and should not bully tenants into using stimulus checks towards rent because believe me, it doesn't help you in getting the cooperation of the tenant. You should communicate with your tenants and don't wait on them to let you know the COVID-19 hardships. Be in contact with them. And if you guys can work out some kind of payment plan, work it out, please, because it's important for all of us. It's, we're all in this together. Otherwise, we're going to get more tenant activists heading to Sacramento, and they're going to be trying to get legislation passed that are going to crack down even harder on landlords. But here's the fact of the matter, that we do have a lot of landlords that are waiting for this lockdown measure to be over so they can sell their properties and get out of here. Where does that leave you? I don't know because there's no buyers, no takers. I don't know what that's going to end up meaning. Does the government take over those properties? I don't know. But there is conversations about the government doing just that here in the state, which is super, super scary. And if anything has taught us about this whole lockdown, uh, besides the unpreparedness and how to deal with it, I have also been that people are not going to want to be living densely populated anymore. Everything that's been going on construction for infrastructure to buildings and rentals and all that, clustered living, that's going to go away. You're not going to want to be stuck in that because it's something like that's where it's going to happen again. You want to be stuck somewhere you can actually breathe and enjoy, like your backyard or front yard, especially if you have a growing family. It's a big deal. That's why properties, prices have actually gone up and properties are still moving. Every single transaction that I've been involved in has either closed escrow or is an escrow. So what's that tell you? Properties are still going strong for the opportunities that are able to afford it. And those that are the, that have the means and ability to do so are going out there to buy their property. And I'm going to be talking about how real estate can help you in the next presentation video I want to make for Facebook. Okay. So for those of you listening on the podcast, is because I take him to package this for you to listen. So this is actually being presented on a Thursday on Facebook. This is if you're listening to it on the podcast, it's a Monday. I already recapped it. So by all means, follow me on the Facebook page so you can be informed of anything, everything that I do. Everything that I post on Instagram typically makes its way over to the page as well. So this is the hub of where everything happens. This has been my presentation regarding these things and the resources that you can get for the, the LA County Department of Consumer uh, and Business Affairs. Here's the link to that. And the Los Angeles Housing Community Investment Department. Not silent. Sorry about that. Uh, Los Angeles Housing Community Investment Department. That link is available for you too. That's where you're able to find the fact sheet. So you can, for you tenants, you can inform your tenants. I mean, you can inform your landlords about your hardship. And landlords, have you been in communication with your tenants? Have you been able to provide them a form to work out a payment plan? Talk about what's going to happen with the past due rent? Because here's the fact of the matter. Is, and here's the big one. Because landlords have asked for the recourse. And they know the recourse. Tenant, if you are one of those that are activists and choosing not to pay the rent because you want to stick it to the landlord, believe me, if you think that once the lockdown restrictions are lifted and you leave, if you think that the landlord still can't sue you, yes, they can. They can't evict you anymore, but they can still sue you and destroy your livelihood. I'm warning you now because I've seen it happen. Okay, I don't want to see this happen. I don't want to see our courts overwhelmed by all the litigation and everybody angry at each other trying to get revenge on one another once the restrictions are lifted. The very concern that we had about the overwhelming of the hospitals, that's exactly what's going to happen to the courts. But there will be no relief. There'll just be backlog and backlog of lawsuits. There is no backlog or overwhelming of the hospitals in California. Thank God for that. And let's, let's hope it stays that way. And better equipped to fight the virus. We're all in this together, but believe me, don't make matters worse. This goes for all of you tenants, property owners, landlords, all of you alike, property managers. We're all in this together. So let's get through it together. That does it for my first presentation 
of something here on my Facebook page. Uh, this might make the, the post on YouTube, but YouTube takes things differently, so we'll see about that. But I'll probably just leave it here on Facebook on itself. And for those who are listening on the podcast, thank you so much for listening. Like, share, subscribe, stay in the know. As always, if you're not subscribed to the podcast, by all means, go to the directories and find me on almost any of the popular podcast directories that you're choosing, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, um, Spreaker, Spotify, I'm across all that stuff. And by all means, of course, also follow me on YouTube and Instagram where I do post other things. Twitter might be going away to dinosaur, but I haven't entirely given up on it yet. Anyway, that does it for this one. And as always, I'll see you in the next one.